0: What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken. And joining me today, as always, is the man who no longer has to get me the Thanksgiving Day newspaper... The Good Deacon, Scott Aiken.
2: Yeah, I missed that because there's not really a paper to go get now. I suppose I could go get the paper, but last time we went and got the paper for Thanksgiving for Black Friday specials, and it was like, oh, this isn't really what it used to be. So you just got to go online and search it all out. I guess now it's no fun anymore. It used to be fun to go through and snap the paper and and do all that, but not nah, not anymore.
1: That's Thanksgiving Day paper. And we would get both the Oregon side and the Washington side paper. You'd bring home two. It must have been... I don't know what, eight, 10 pounds of newspaper stuffed full of all of the Black Friday ads, right? But you're right. Last year, you went and got it for me. I was all excited. You came home and you handed me just the skinniest newspaper there ever was and no Black <laughs> Friday specials. So, but we all have scaled down our Christmas shopping. It seems like as the family is growing, I get to buy less and less gifts, which I do appreciate last year, we opted to go less on the gifts because we as a family picked a date later in the winter time and gathered right. And especially Thanksgiving time, that's the part that matters. It's the gathering. It's the being with the family that I love the most.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, this thing about black Friday, it be, it becomes kind of the kickoff from a lot of people's buying of gifts but it keeps moving, doesn't it? It gets like now it cuts into Thanksgiving. So I don't want to go cut Thanksgiving dinner short so I can go get in some line to try to be first. So I just am amazed at how that has shifted over the years as well. No newspaper or little newspaper. And now the the lines start on Thanksgiving Day, right during dinner.
1: Exactly. And of course, we should be mindful. Now, here was something recently that I experienced, Scott, and it was during confession. And I went through a more thorough examination of conscience. And one of the things that it said was about not doing excess work on Sundays and not requiring others to do excess work on Sundays. Now, Thanksgiving Day, it is not a Sunday. So there's not, I suppose, that obligation to rest on Thanksgiving. But why would you make another person give up their time with their family in order to work at a store so that way you can leave your family on Thanksgiving to go buy stuff? It's not worth it. That is definitely not what God intends, I think, for us to experience when we're talking about Thanksgiving.
2: It's ironic that we call it Thanksgiving because that's for us as Catholics rooting into the Eucharist, the the, the mass, the meal. Uh, And we should be focused on family. And yet society doesn't look at that. Right. It's going to try to pull us into consumerism to a a point at which it may very well cause challenges for Mm -hmm. the family so i i just think that i love to go black friday shopping just because it's i take the day off and i go buy items for uh, the homeless i go buy items for children who don't have gifts you know for the giving tree you know we we do these things but still we have to we have to struggle in the material world And that's just our suffering that we, but be mindful that it is Thanksgiving and that we are a Thanksgiving people. We are a people who focus on the Eucharist for Thanksgiving and our family is an efficacious sign of the Eucharist's presence in our lives.
1: You are absolutely right about using this day to recognize and give thanks to all of the gifts that we have. There is nothing in our lives that aren't a gift from God, and we should recognize that. And sometimes you're right in a suffering, too. We can't understand why we would be grateful for that. And that leads us to today's show, because many people are suffering this year for various reasons and Well, it's hard to find a way to be thankful. Scott, I was listening to a podcast recently, and the person was talking about being grateful. And the person asked the question, you had such tragedy in your life. How can you be grateful for that? And the person said, well, I'm not grateful that I went through these losses. But he said, my life is a gift from God. And if I'm going to be grateful for that gift, well, I have to be grateful for its entirety. Well, one person who has also experienced that is our guest today. Bob Shrimp is joining us today. He's got an incredible new book out called God Speaks, and it's about hearing the voice of God, and in that he shares a very tragic story, something that happened in his own life, and yet even through tragedy, he has found ways to be thankful for this gift.
2: Then when we come back, we'll want to touch a little bit on our life of of experience with that reality and recognizing that God takes the bad and makes good of that if we allow him to. And so we want to share that with you and give you some insights.
1: So we have a very powerful episode for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us.
3: Home for the holidays. I believe I've missed each and every face Come on and play one easy Let's turn on every love light in the place Please celebrate me home Give me a number Please celebrate me home Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio Join me... Father Gabriel Mosier and other listeners of Mater Day Radio in this prayer for thanksgiving. Let us pray. We are grateful, O God, for all the blessings you have given to us, but most of all for the richness of your mercy and the abundance of your love. May we who have received so much be mindful of those who have so little. As we give you thanks, help us to show our gratefulness through our care and attention of those who are broken or despised, united by your love of us and our love of you. May we come to know that we are all brothers and sisters relying on your providence and each other. Amen.
2: For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions,
3: please visit MatriDayRadio.com. A great way to support MatriDay Radio is through our leadership circle.
0: Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew.
1: Have you ever longed for a direct connection with the divine? But how can imperfect beings like us have this type of encounter with God? Well, in his new book, God Speaks, An Imperfect Path to Hearing God's Voice, Bob Shrimp invites you to step out of the shadows of life and embark on a profound spiritual journey. Bob encourages all of us to embrace a unique perspective on prayer, one that transcends mere meditation and immerses you in direct conversational communion with God. Bob is a devoted pastoral associate at St. Charles Borromeo Parish in beautiful San Diego, where he has dedicated his life to serving and inspiring the Catholic community. And he's joining me this morning. Good morning, Bob. Thanks so much for joining us on the Morning Blend.
4: Hey, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm all excited to be up with you and your listeners up in the Northwest.
1: I was so excited as we were preparing for our interview, I was telling you about the fact that I'm a SoCal girl myself, and it turns out we know a whole lot of the same people. It's just really an incredible opportunity to talk with you. I'm looking forward to this discussion. First, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the great work you've been able to accomplish in the field of evangelization.
4: Yeah, sure. I, I'll I'll try to do it quickly. There's a lot that goes on that makes up Bob Shrimp, but I started as a youth minister back in the 80s. I was a graduate from Franciscan University. I, I had grown up in North County as we had spoken. We were very close, almost neighbors up there. And always been involved in the church, big family, 10 brothers and sisters. My pop passed away when I was a little boy. Church was very instrumental in, in my formation and growing up and being there for me at a very difficult time getting out of Steubenville. I ran a ministry for about uh, almost 35 years called the Gathering Youth Ministry down here in San Diego area. And we grew it from about 20 to 30 kids when I first arrived to over 700 kids meeting every week. And that led to a call from my old school. Father Mike Scanlon was president at the University of Steubenville and now called Franciscan University. And they had this little conference on campus and they were trying to figure out what to do with it and how to grow it. And they gave me a call and said, you're You're literally, your weekly meetings are as big as our conference. What are you doing? And so I flew out there and I was uh, able to meet with Jim Beckman and a few others. And we rewrote the Steubenville conference and we took it off campus and brought it around the United States. And so for a dozen years, as I was doing the youth ministry, I was also double dipping as the host for Steubenville conferences and getting them around the country and became a trainer at Life Teen. I would go out there in Arizona and train the Life Teen ministers. I worked in church partnership with Young Life. So I, w- I was involved in ministry all over the place. I, I, I never really stopped. And, and today I'm a pastoral associate at a parish down here in San Diego with your beloved Father John Amsbury, who used to be a Portland priest and priest who is now down here in San Diego. We were roommates in college, and so we're working together down here in San Diego. And that has led me to this day where I've decided to write some books and share a little bit more about my experiences as I have now turned into an old man.
1: Oh, perhaps in years, but definitely not in excitement and, and just real heart for our Lord and evangelization for youth. Well, Bob, just recently on the morning show, we talked about how St. Francis de Sales said, just because you pray the rosary every day, doesn't make you holy if you do it with an empty heart. Now, in your book, you unfold a fresh and unconventional view of prayer that goes beyond the ordinary, because I've got to tell you, I'm very much interested in this because I've made it a habit this year. I have prayed the rosary every day going home from work. But sometimes what I have found was I fall into what St. Francis de Sales is that I'm just repeating words that I've known my whole life and I'll get down the road and go, wait a second, how did I get on this fourth mystery? Because I haven't been paying attention, and I haven't been allowing myself to dive into this. And I've been praying maybe with more of an empty heart. So tell our listeners a little bit about how you get into that in your book, this unconventional view of prayer.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. The set forms of prayers that the church has are novenas, are rosaries, and I am a huge fan of the rosary so that would be another you'll get me in on another radio show for the rosary i'm happy to talk about that and the fact that you even mentioned saint francis de sales who is the patron saint of journalists and we're talking about my book we're tying this all in very nicely today very catholic of us but the the when you have a formal prayer a set of prayers that that's more of a new um I could go into a, the whole science behind counting on a rosary, what it does to your brain, how it opens it up to to God, the creative side, how the analytical side can shut down because you're counting numbers. So it, it actually does free open the creative space of your brain. But I want to actually just move this a little further and talk about personal prayer. So this is a little different. This is prayer, me sitting down before the Lord and, 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 um, and having a set prayer time where I will interact with him And he will interact with me. And that's the key to prayer, is prayer is a conversation with God. And the thing that is missing, and especially in these formal prayers, is we don't have the listen to God part. Because the conversation is me talking, and it's me listening. And for me, the most important part of that prayer is to listen. He is our shepherd. We are to know his voice. How do you know his voice? How do you know how to follow him? And that's what I love to open up in the book, and I have some chapters in there that are really uh, inspiring and life-changing of God intervening directly into my life by speaking uh, such a such a strong word that I acted on it. And, I, and if I can, I want to break open one quick chapter to give you an example of what I'm talking about yes. here about how we learn to listen to God. Mm-hmm. So. It's not going to happen all at once and the book has little steps that will help open up your heart and your mind and your soul to listening to God and how to identify his voice because we have a we have a conscience and God speaks through that conscience. So on the cover of my book if you get it you can get it up on Amazon right now you can look at it. There's a picture of a boy going down in the water and there's a hand underneath him. That's a story of my son who drowned. And my daughter who was a few months old was in my lap and I think she was kind of gumming through a peanut butter sandwich or something. I was giving her, we were all talking when God spoke. And I just heard him say, get up and go to the pool. So I get up and I hear the voice. I pray a lot. It was, we were all talking, just having a normal family conversation. And I hear this voice. So I get up and I walk up to the pool. I look down at the bottom of the pool and I see my son's shirt. And I'm like, that's weird. How did his shirt get up here? And then I see my son. Mm. And uh, and he drowned. But there's God intervening, and that's why the hand is underneath that point, because God had him. And he called me up there to save that life. I don't know why some parents lose their children. I don't know why some drown, some don't. Some are, God intervenes here, and he doesn't intervene there. I just know that day, because I had trained myself through years of prayer and listening to God, I heard a voice. I heard his voice, and I acted on it. Now, that's a big story, right? Um, what I want people really to focus in on is every day he can come to you in prayer and he can give you that guidance and lead you. And it's such a comfort knowing that you're doing his will. And that that's ultimately by our baptism, we are called to serve God, right? That's how we serve him, listen to him and do what he asks.
1: Bob, as a parent hearing this story, my heart just aches and what a beautiful and precious gift our children are to us. And whether we have them for just a few years or for a whole lifetime, they are His. They are God's. And we are just always open to be blessed by who they are and how they make us grow in just yeah, our, our kids, own relationships. kids are amazing. And
4: they're going to teach us a lot, too, right? Oh, <laughs> we oh, grow up a lot around our, our kids. For sure. Yeah. There are going to be stories upon stories in this book where you're going to see me uh, struggling. My mom was passing of cancer. I had a friend uh, who was in a car accident who told me he thought he was going to die. And we had this conversation and first person I ever prayed with and, and shared my faith with because he was so afraid of that. Uh, a mom who thought she had just lost her son because no one ever evangelized to him and she was heartbroken. And I got to call her and say, no, no, no. The day before he died, he was in my living room and we were sharing this the sh- talking about Christ. And we prayed together about his relationship. So, so many different ways that God breaks into our world and these stories in the book, you're going to hear God speaking to me and others and how he works through that. But ultimately, I'm going to bring the reader to a point where you can sit in a living room, take 15 minutes out, and you can have this very intimate, structured time that I really believe trains your intellect, your will, your, your, your conscience, if you would, to form and hear God's voice. And become a much more effective follower. And you know what? I'm going to give you one more thing. If I can tell all your listeners one thing, God's speaking to you right now. And you know what he's saying? He's saying that I love you.
1: Hmm.
4: My, my, my spiritual advisor and calls yourself would say this, don't leave prayer until you feel God's arms around you. And I used to love that image that God isn't there to scold us. He isn't there to um, tell us how lousy we are. That's the accuser, right? Satan's got the name, the accuser. The Holy Spirit has the name as the advocator, So God advocates for us. The Spirit advocates for us. If you're in prayer and you're hearing negative, well, let me tell you, (laughs) that's not God's side of the equation. Mm -hmm. That's Satan's side. He wants to accuse. He wants to hold you down and make you feel you're not worth it. But the Holy Spirit comes, and he is a great advocator in Christ, and God, who can only love, want to pour out that love and that blessing on us. And that's what prayer becomes, it becomes this beautiful time of love and prayer and uplifting and encouragement. That's what prayer is. And I think we get, unfortunately, the wrong impression sometimes of prayer, and it becomes this drudgery, and I'm not good, and I'm sinful, and I'm bad, and all these things come up, and it's, no, 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 God doesn't want to take us there. He wants to heal, forgive, and move us forward, and that's all done with great love and great concern for those who, you know, for us.
1: And Bob, with great love and concern for all of us, you've written this wonderful book. The name of it is God Speaks, an Imperfect Path to Hearing God's Voice.
4: What I've always tried to do in my, my life is serve the Lord and share this great, amazing journey that he's given me and let others know the possibilities of what it is to follow him. And you know what? It's not, it's not who we are, it's whose we are. We're, we're we're mm-hmm. the son and the daughter here, and and we got to live in that. And you will be so much more happy, so much more fulfilled uh, in life when when you figure that piece of the puzzle out. So Amazon dot com, and keep that book up there in the high rankings. That's that's all I care about. I, I uh, I'm just so thrilled that it's doing what it's doing because the professionals said it wouldn't
1: just placing your faith in god and letting him take care of the rest and just wait and see what he can do bob it is just great to be able to have this conversation with you thank you so very much for your time and for writing and sharing in such a wonderful book
4: absolutely my pleasure god bless you and your listeners i'll be praying for you oh
3: brother i can i can't get through
1: Bob was so incredibly open to share about this story about his son, and it is incredibly heartbreaking. But if you were to go to his website and look at from that tragedy, how he is still able to find joy in life, to bring young people closer to the Lord, and then to really draw his own life closer to God, where he can hear the voice of God speaking in so many different ways. It's incredible. We all have suffering in our lives. And Scott, you and I, we also have experienced that. We look at our lives and we recognize that it is blessed, but we want to share part of our life that, well, we went through a time where we didn't feel like, We were being blessed and that God had forgotten us when we were younger. We were in our 20s. You had started your first job. We had realized that we were ready to start our family and we were blessed with a child. And as that child grew, we made plans for our life. And then just weeks before her due date, our daughter had died. And so we had to go through the labor process and birth process knowing that our daughter would not ever breathe. And we were heartbroken. And for years we struggled with that. We didn't give up hope. We did have our daughter Alyssa who was born and she is happily married now. But that wasn't the end of our suffering yet either. And it was the following pregnancy that we had another daughter who had a birth defect that she did not survive. It was too great a defect for her. And we buried her next to our first daughter. And we didn't understand why we were going through this suffering. And this is suffering, Scott, and you would be the first one to say, this isn't what God wanted for us either. But as you said in the first half, he did make good of it. Tell us why.
2: Yeah, I think it's just important that we always remember. That's the value of witnessing in the midst of tragedies and how, how we come through those if we cooperate with the grace that God is pouring out on us. God never stops pouring out that grace on us. And we shut that off at certain points in those losses, not sure where to go. But I remember in the numbness, in the numbness that we felt after losing our third daughter, that all we had was what our parents had given us. And the good that they had planted in terms of our faith became the rock in which we hung on to. Like what was being described by Bob, we were just hanging on mm-hmm. like his son. And when you're just hanging on, it's not for lack of purpose. That God is working with you in the, in that suffering. And as a consequence of being reliant on that foundation our parents had given us, we found a new community in the parish that we just looked up in the phone book because we needed someone to bury our daughters. And that's how our first daughter, and that's how we ended up connecting and we stayed connected with this community. Well, the, the, the beautiful recovery of this that God has brought forward pouring grace out on us is that we have three kids beyond the loss of Jordan or the last loss we had. And so those three kids are, we raised them very mindful of the fact that they are a blessing to us and Were it not for the losses, we might not have ever tried to have them. Mm -hmm. And so here we are blessed by one of those daughters that came out of the consequence of that with our first granddaughter. So God connects this. And we we would not know what to change or what to fix without breaking what we have now that we've survived through in faith.
1: And it was... So difficult to understand that. And our kids on a trip to California when we had taken them back before, well, we took them to the cemetery where they can see their sisters and really understand what our family looks like. And they said to me so clearly when the, our younger ones, she said, Mom, don't you you miss them? Don't you wish that they were born? And I said, For one, I don't wish our daughters to be away from our Lord in heaven, right? They're there. I don't want to be selfish and wish them to be with me. And secondly, I said, you know, time was different there. And I don't wish for you to not be with us because I don't know if we had had Leanne and Jordan, that there would be Amanda Ashton or Christian. Our life is a gift and going all the way back to the open, We have to be thankful for the entirety of it. I'm not thankful for the suffering we went through, but I am thankful for our lives in its entirety. And so we have so much to be thankful for, even in our suffering. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer?
2: Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to reflect on our lives and know that it is in our surrender to you that we find life itself. And we've never experienced loss that was to be permanent loss because you promise through your resurrection that we will have life. Help us to trust in that. Help us to find grace during this Thanksgiving season to be thankful for our families and thankful for our lives and know that you are with us always we ask this in your name jesus christ amen
1: and that is going to wrap it up for us this week please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith our family and our view from the pew
0: God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at materdayradio.com pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.